following announcement has been paid for by Wild Games Productions. Hi, this is Malcolm and Karen from House of Trades, and with you're listening to Roll, Roll for, for Initiative. Initiative. My fellow American. This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to a trailer. For Initiative Podcast, where 1E is the place to be. Volume 5, Issue 175, Roll for Initiative. Vince sitting alongside Nick. Hello, everybody. Matthew. Hello, everyone. And Sal. Hello. We are back with another show this week. Uh, you know, strange things happening in the studios. Matt's still on his Matt Hedrum monitor over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm in my safe space. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Matters. Safe space. Boo-hoo. The goblins are doing a good job uh, protecting us. Yeah, just heard a few of them. That, that was a couple goblins in the background. You are correct. Sounded mm-hmm. like kobolds. No, no. Uh, they got fired. They got fired. And uh, as we know, the return of Blackstone was back last week. Yes, right. actually, the previous Yay. week, Blackstone. He finally is making his, uh, earning his paycheck, I should say. Yeah, he's finally earning his pay. Yes, a couple people were commenting was, on forums saying he sounds a lot like Nick. He was on developmental for a while, so uh, I don't know what they're talking about. He was jobbing until we could find a new angle for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, such a mess. Yeah, that was. Anyway. <laughs> We do have a special guest with us tonight. Uh, he is from Gorilla Games. His name is Jeff Sidek. Ah, hey, to be, thanks for having me, guys. It's great to be, to be here. Awesome. He's going to be talking tonight and being our special guest. Uh, what did oh, I do now? Geez. I have just received a message, and I quote, HR wants to know if Jeff has signed the injury waiver and non-disclosure agreement. Not again. Um... Jeff? Well, I used to work in a rock climbing gym, so I know all about that stuff. And uh, I can I know I can sue you anyway, even if you guys kill me. Well, I can't sue you if you kill me, but I think my estate can. Oh. Well. <laughs> well, then. Uh, move along. Moving along. <laughs> HR is satisfied. Yeah, HR is satisfied. Great. So, Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit about <clears throat> yourself, uh, your company, and what you do? Well, I'm a game designer, and I have designed and published uh, most uh, people who know me most for Lifeboat, Who Would Win, Battle Stations. I've also done some smaller games, uh, World Conquerors, Monster Derby, and in uh, earlier incarnation when I was working for Gamesmiths, I did Pantheon, Total War, Robotanks, Caesar, and the first ever... uh, collectible dice game throwing stones back in the 90s yep 
So I've that's sort of where I come from and what I do. And, and the main reason I publish my own games is because I am too chicken to go out and uh, beg a publisher to publish my games. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's worked out okay for up until now, but I would really like to move up into the next level where I can you know, make some bigger and more exciting games and, and uh, get out of uh, paper and into plastic. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very cool. And you know what? That's the first time I've ever heard anybody actually just come out and tell it, you know, like it is, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to, well, I want to give back to the community. And uh, <laughs> yeah. what I really like, I like keeping things affordable for gamers. So you're yeah, trying to say uh, they're liars, Sal? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, tiny, tiny bit. Uh, not saying all of them. No, no. Apparently but uh, Jeff is that's one the, of the first good ones. time I've heard somebody come out and be truthful and be like, because I'm too afraid to do it. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the funny part is that I uh, then after I published my own games and then I realized, oh, instead of selling it to one publisher, I got to go sell it to uh, a thousand people. So I'm still have to sell my game. So that's it, not a good strategy. I don't recommend it. What are you going to do? You'll try. Yeah. We'll help you out. No problem. Good. Thanks. Well, number one in being in the gaming industry, don't quit your day job. It's one thing I've yes. heard from everybody. So. So obviously you're on our show, so you've listened before and you've and or have played first edition sometime in your life. Am I correct? Uh, first edition Dungeons and Dragons, the uh, Advanced Player's Handbook, was the most influential book in my life. Oh really? Do oh. do do elaborate on that. Well, uh, it was. Uh, it was 1978, maybe 1979, and the uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide hadn't even come out yet. Mm. That's that's how new it was. And uh, I was not a gamer before that. And then uh, my brother turned me on to a friend of mine who had this, and he brought it over. And it was just uh, like turning on the light. And all of a sudden, instead of groping in the dark and, and pointing at people and saying, oh, well, bang, bang, I got you. No, I got you. Suddenly there's rules to uh, make-believe that really just – uh, it crystallized for me, and, and from that time forward, it really being in games and uh, and game design and playing games was uh, just that's that's what it was for me. And and uh, AD and D, I think, really, you know, it happened to be the the thing that brought me in. But I think it was it was no coincidence that, that was the first, and that was uh, in many ways the best. Absolutely, it is the best. You never forget your first love. Yes. <laughs> Nick had to bring it there. I'm just saying. <sighs> yeah, everybody comes into uh, uh, role-playing from their first role-playing experience, and then they compare all other things after that to that role-playing experience. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, because I design games, I sort of uh, did the disservice to a friend of mine of teaching him role-playing with my own role-playing game, and so now he compares everything to that game, which is kind of weird. It's like growing up with an accent sort of thing because everybody in your family <laughs> speaks Swahili. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Uh, it, it's funny. Like, even now, we've all been gaming for l at minimum 10 years, let's say, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, like I said, at minimum. And we all have tried other games. We've tried various systems. And if something, even if it's different and it's better, you know, we think it's cooler or we, oh, this mechanic is so much better. We still go, oh, wow, you don't have hit points in this one. That's, that's a little weird. Or, right. you know, oh, no saving throws. All right. <laughs> and it just, yeah. it's, it's getting your brain around it. And not because we can't. It's just because that's what's been ingrained with us the first time. You know, right. that's that's how we 
figured out gaming. That's how we grew up on gaming. So when things change and you still you're like, okay, this is good and it's not a bad system or whatever the deal is, but you still have to wrap your brain around it not being D&D, the original. Right, not, not being your native language. Right, right, exactly. Really? You know what, Vince? I'm trying to contribute. I'm trying to be, trying to be helpful. I'm trying to be helpful here. Oh, oh, hold on. You did oh, sound. I have there a message. Terrific. And I quote, We here at RFI do appreciate everyone for playing their games and being waxing and waning all nostalgic, but everything doesn't need to be compared to your first time. You don't do that in relationships. Wow. You shouldn't oh, do that I do. in games. I do. Oh, I do. Yeah. It's the first thing I do when I meet a girl. I said, you know what? You are nothing like the first girl I ever dated. <laughs> yeah. First thing I do, we, we hang out. And I'm like, you know, you do not kiss like a nine-year-old. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, Sal, you Come just on. triggered it, it was, again. Oh, wait, and HR ain't going to say anything about that one. We just okay. need him. <laughs> the, 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 they are currently, currently the lawyers, the legal department is working overtime between the, the, uh, Jeff's paperwork and that current comment. Yeah. It's yeah. currently well, in a tizzy over here. Thanks, Sal. In Listen. his defense, I just want to say nine is old for a goat. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, he better. You know it. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. And I quote. Oh, jeez. All references to interspecies relationships are not encouraged here on RFI. Also, we do not encourage the mixing of massive age gaps unless it involves an elf and an adult human, at which no, point we I, all know oh, elves tend to be cradle robbers in the grand scheme of things. All right. I was saying was I was nine when I had my first kiss. That's all. That's all. all wow, right, they so. were quick. Yeah. <laughs> we need to keep this, you know, you know, family rated salary. Right? I, I was keep I was telling a heartfelt story about our, my first kiss with a neighbor whose name I won't do for legal reasons. But you know <laughs> and we were at a tender age of, of nine and I just that's all and I compare other relationships to that. That's all it okay. it actually all ties in very nicely. And you guys brought it to the dark place. I'm staying out of the dark place. You guys are bringing it there. Oh, okay. Well, all right, Sal the Goblin. Jeez. Oh, I got to be right now. Anyway, let's uh let's move on and uh Nick, do we have any stars this week? Yes, we do have stars this week. Great. And just again, remind everybody if you want to give us a uh review and comments on uh Roll for Initiative, go over to iTunes and to your iTunes store. Type in Roll for Initiative and just follow the links from there, and uh, you can give us uh, reviews on the show. And that is best for business. It is. Yes, it and is. And Vince will give you a dollar if you give us five-star reviews. Ah. Uh, uh, come on now. Nancy, <laughs> <laughs> see what you did? <laughs> Salman. And I quote, any hints at bribery for five-star reviews is not condoned. By us here at Roll for Wait a minute, okay. So Any financial a... contributions are strictly oh. there by DM Vince and DM Vince alone and not coming out of the RFI budget. Ooh. Wow, and I'm not buying five stars. Shut up, so, higher ups. <laughs> so wait a minute. So let me get this straight. So every other podcast can say, if you put them on, we'll read them. That's not a bribe just so people can hear their their names on the, on the internet? Who it's cares? not monetary compensation. No. Oh, Vince is yes. just... 
paying. We do for not their... believe in payola here at RFI. How about I we think, give experience points? I think that's a points. mistake, and that means Jeff's only here because Vince has compromising pictures of him. <laughs> what? We were. Do sketches count? <laughs> yes. Oh. yes, they we do. Were, we 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 had a we were we promised each of us not to mention all that, you know. But now, uh, oil paintings mm, account. Nick, as can well. we get on with the stars before we get dinged again? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So, uh, we have a review, five stars from uh, Jimmy the Larson, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "Great cast, fun shows." And I go on, and he says, "I enjoy the show and the effort these guys put into leading the way for the OSR podcasts. This show has spawned various other shows from this very show." by the main host, DM Vince, and are still going strong to this day. Sure, this show has had its change of co-hosts and had better shows than other ones, but I look at it this way. It's free. There you go. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's and, something... And worth it at twice the price. There you go. <laughs> it's something to listen to while driving the work, working out, working out, or walking the dog. Who works out? Um, DM Vince keeps the show going each week and maintains strict control of the show and his passion shows. Okay. Got you snowed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> DM Matt is quiet at times, but when he speaks, he has a lot of value to add. DM Nick has roots so deep in the hobby, it's like he was born with a DMG and a silver D20 in his mouth. Wow. Wow. I did, I, wow. He is talking about your day life. I, hey. Oh, come on, Sal. Jason was good when he was around and always had the answer when needed. DM Will was excellent, had passion, and always spoke his mind. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Chad was like Jason, just with another name. <laughs> <laughs> now they have Sal, from which nope. I could only speculate was a former wrestling superstar in the 1990s and adds a lot to the show with valuable input whenever he speaks. Who knew wrestlers play D&D? Awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so apparently he drinks during the show. <laughs> yes. oh, does it say that? Oh, no. No, I, I can but, infer that, though. I can, I can only guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, Sa- Sal was a wrestler? Who? Sal? What? Sal? No. No. No, no, no. No, no. He, he wasn't Big Sal or anything. It was no. not. It was never, never that. Not full-blooded Italian either, so. Ooh. <laughs> um, now, I, I, I know we should be getting a ding because HR does not want to talk about the other stuff. I don't I, know. I'm sure they will be. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sal. Because nobody wants to talk oh, about that. I, they're blowing up my phone today. I guess. And I quote, this <laughs> is a first edition AD&D podcast. Any go. references to any sorts of other sports and or entertainment will not be tolerated. Mm. Oh, well, you know what? They're just like everybody else who plays AD&D. They can't understand the wrestling and brawling rules. Wrestling, hello? <laughs> I mean, come on. It kind of fits. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. More like you're grappling with the grappling and brawling rules. I'm and grappling. You know figure and it out. For I'm how grappling long has it been? with HR right now. How long has it been since those rules came out and people still have questions about it? Oh, jeez. Uh, it's ridiculous. 1977, 78, right in there? Yeah. Yeah. We even did a show on it. We did a couple shows ago. on and yeah. various topics it was, on it. And I and still was, don't use them. <laughs> most people don't. 
Yeah. Roll the hit. You punch him, great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's grappling yeah. you. Make a strength check. Go. There you go. Go. Yep. And and Jason even back in the day broke it down so you can understand it. And even he was like, eh, I'm not going to use this. Yeah. Because <laughs> it didn't stick. No, so, it's just too much work. Yeah, that and psionics. That's just a whole other thing. Uh, Jeff, I have a question for you. You're the, since you're the guest. Um, <laughs> he says it like it's a bad thing. Well, no. Well, you know, obviously the the guy's been lassoed here for a reason. So. Shh. Um, <laughs> we don't condone kidnapping. No, <laughs> we don't admit to it anyway. That's just, that's a smart one. <laughs> anyway, so when you played, what you know, what was your style? Were you more thief? Were you more magic user? Were you the fighter guy? Were you always the barbarian, like that sort of deal? I uh, I wanted to be a, a thief. Well, I would do a thief magic user, and then uh, cleric thief magic user because that way you would get all the spells and, and, you were and that stuff. Guy. Oh, yeah, I was that guy. guy. But, yeah. yeah, which which is just terrible because uh, <laughs> from a from a role playing standpoint, I, I was such a power munchkin in those days that that it Who was. Who was it though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that's I thought that was how you played, and then yeah. later on, uh, getting into oh, people were playing characters that are interesting. <laughs> oh, well, why would you be interesting when you know, you could do these three other things and get so many more little special things? So, Jeff, I have to say you were probably – I wasn't the only one when they got deities and demigods and like, oh, gods have hit points? Well, let's go kill Odin. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that was great. Uh, I had I, – I still have the original uh, deities and demigods, but uh, my brother and I colored in it, so it was – Oh, my God. Why did everybody do that? <laughs> I know. everybody. <laughs> they all it colored like, that book. Yes. You're right. Because it was bitching. Yeah, yeah. like, did you have the Lovecraft one with all the, you know, the Melnabone and and the yes, yeah, yeah. everybody colored it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I didn't have that edition. I had the one that was later on when it was they cut all that out. But a few years back, I was hell bent and determined <laughs> when I went to Origins or Gen Con, I was going to get a copy with the Cthulhu and Melnabonian mythos in it. Yeah, and I and, found one. It was like for 40, 45 bucks. And I'm like, I'm reading, I'm going through it. I'm like, dude wrote in it. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I've bought three, three copies of it off because I have my original with uh, the Melnabone stuff in it. And I, had, I bought three other copies, um, not all at the same time, but. And each one of them were coloring. I got them now. I got one for nine bucks. I got one for eleven, and the, I think I got the other one for I think it was thirteen. But each time, and it was like some writing. I'm like, okay, I can always erase it. Every freaking one was colored. Oh my god! And I'm like, why would you do this? And, yeah. we, and it became a joke. And I just gave them out to people because everybody, nobody, you didn't do anything else. Not the monster manual. Not the fiend folio. But yeah, it was the Dave's Demi- Demi- Demigod. Yeah. Yeah. Our monster manual got was. colored. We, we colored the monster manual. Oh, okay. But, well, see, well, at, least you, at least you, you, you committed to it. Yeah. Be, yeah. Sal, be thankful that you only got coloring and didn't get the player's handbook that I bought back in 2010 that had the clan symbols and Nazi symbols oh. on the inside. Yeah. No way. Yeah, I, I, I was telling oh. you guys way back in <laughs> volume two when I was telling you guys about that. I had to, oh yeah! I had to oh, send that, that one back. The guy's like, "There's no writing. It's perfect." I'm like, "Dude, page seven, page fifteen, page sixteen. 
I should I sent him pictures. He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. It was donated to me." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. sure it yeah, was. Right. Take your Nazi book back, pal. <laughs> yeah, your propaganda." Yes. Anyway, uh, let's head right into our first segment of the night for table manners. Typical of all the evil creatures in the world, we like to find one with table manners. What are you kidding me? I spent years cultivating the worst table manners on the planet. Table manners. All right, everybody, we're going to go into table manners here. And that was a pretty good segue. Things not to talk about or do at the table. Very, <laughs> so, very planned. Yes, very much planned. So, and I think we've all experienced this one time or another, either with you know a, a gaming group that we've had for a long time, or even at a convention. I think we we experience a lot of this stuff at cons because we don't know these people. They from come come from all walks of life and all over the place. So, but you know, what are some things that? You just don't bring to the game table that, that you just feel like it makes everybody uncomfortable and you know they're just it just makes it weird for everybody or darn downright offensive maybe so Ooh. I don't know let's uh, kick it off the wahaha stale potato <laughs> chips that's number one stale pota- that, that's the that's the deal killer right there right. you you're know my group if you do that you're gone <laughs> yes you're your non gaming girlfriend yes. Your, your character's yeah. dead. Leave the table. <laughs> you kill Blackleaf, you bastard. Yeah. Or or if you have your gaming significant other and you decide to use the role playing session as therapy. Oh. 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 Okay. Well, let's start right on into it, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I so. fortunately have avoided most of the typical uh, do not do tropes just because of the uh, groups I tend to keep and I don't really play convention RPGs. Mm-hmm. I prefer to take my antisocial behavior in uh, competitive games. So, uh, like, but uh, at the table, I, I've experienced where the uh, where the DM is really trying to prove his own self worth with his game, and when you start doing things he doesn't like, he starts. It, it becomes that very much us against them, DM. Oh. Are but, you talking like as a DM, like trying to railroad you to something? Or? We're talking railroad, and he I, to the point where he's dropping like acme anvils on top of our heads to keep us where we're going. To the point ah. where some and to the point where some players actually left the table and said, "We're just going to play in our sandbox over here." In the, and we went off to another part of the house. weren't even at the table anymore. Oh wow! This. Became such a large deal that we weren't cooperating with the story he had planned. Yeah, you know what i I have to admit when I was years years ago when I was really being a DM in in my game, I I made that mistake. I did something like that mm. as as a DM where we were doing the Slave Lords series and. According to the adventure at the time, it's like everybody had to be captured at one point by the slave lords, right? Yep. If you're familiar with that that particular set of modules. So I pretty much railroaded the, the party into getting captured, even though my friend Jeff tried everything in his power for his character to get out of getting, you know, getting captured. But yeah, I... And I, I learned a lesson about, about that. It's like it just, yeah, it's bad for everybody. So, yeah, I 
I, I learned from that. I did. I did. Right. I, yeah. For me, I, the biggest takeaway is remember why you are at a gaming table yeah. to have fun. Mm-hmm. It may and it may not always necessarily be doing the adventure the DM had planned out. If everyone's gaming it as around the table having fun, I, you're doing it right. It right. whether it, and sometimes you could even have those sidetrack conversations to meet that are like off topic but if everyone's engaged in it and having fun yeah. who cares yeah if, so we don't get quite as deep in the adventure um when, you, when the dm comes in with that ego um you know you're in trouble for it and if it's not a friend of yours you're kind of just stuck with it right. but yeah. every npc has to one-up the players oh you're talking like mary sue uh npcs right. Yeah, 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 or uh, you know, even if even if okay, Matt comes in and he any he get his PC throws me a zinger, and it makes the NPC kind of look dumb, but Matt did it on it was all organic and it was you know well worth it or you know something that was that happened and it was a natural thing, and then the NPC has to come back and somehow belittle Matt because the DM has to show that this NPC's a badass. Right. Or he right. has to show that this part of the game is got to run this way, and you guys are so over underpowered that you guys have no chance. And even if you, you know, you threw out a zinger and you mocked him a little bit, we can't have that. He's got to come and like, put the put the squash on you now because you're automatically have to be subservient in the game. And then you realize at that point you're 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 beat because you're not getting over at all with anybody that this MP that this dm is going to throw at you you guys yeah. are just yeah at that point you're just done right well, or when you want to have a world where you're you're uh you can't throw a zinger at maybe the king of an evil kingdom and get right. away with it right but if exactly. there's some uh tavern wench that hmm. you just throw a line at and then it turns out that she's got to have all the power too mm-hmm. then it makes the players feel like they're not in a in a real world it, it makes them feel like they're just under the thumb of this dm yeah, that's that's exactly what it is, and it's it's one of the, and like like you said, if if it's not the king, you're you're at a bar, and this Gaston guy who shows up and you, you know says something, and Matt says something else that's just witty. Now, well, I got to obviously have to go over and crush Matt because or, you know it's just ridiculous. Yeah, or when you have the DM put his own player character as an NPC in your party, oh, even worse. Yes, at that point it becomes the NPC show, and everyone else is the sidekick. Yeah, that that's something else that needs to just be avoided. If you have a personal investment in a character, and you think, "Hey, this character would be great in this adventure," you should be playing that character, not DMing the adventure. Yeah, it, or it just, if you if you can swing that, you know, if 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 that D, if that player character can show up, and either a offer the help. Or B, maybe maybe his point is to be the antithesis of those PCs for now. Again, like when we discussed with the, you know, you play street-level games. You know, you, you don't want to run into Batman all the time. So you, you see Batman, you never talk with him. You know, that sort of thing. And, and that's how that PC should be handled. Well, you, you know, can the, talk to Batman, just a quick little... You right, know. but that's what I'm saying. It's a click little blurb where the PC shows up and then, okay, here's my help or here's my hindrance, and now I'm out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Quick one-liner by Batman, he's gone. Right. Yeah. The NPC shouldn't be dominating the campaign. It should be the players that 
are the focal point of the campaign with the NPCs interacting with the players and not yeah. vice versa. It's hard enough for the DM not to dominate uh, because he's controlling literally everything else in the universe. But for him to throw a, a character in there also, it, it's it's just going to be hard for him not to have it be all about him. Yeah. Right. Another thing, such a huge distraction. And unless, again, unless you're going electronic, everybody hates having phones and tablets at the table unless they are unless you're okay it's a dm and doing the electronics thing you're right um but you you always get the crossover the leakage of the one in the middle of the game oh my god dude look at this lolcats thing look at the cat oh my god watch this cat oh my god dude dude, dude look at this the baby goat falls asleep oh my god and it's now you've totally been derailed yeah yeah i i've seen that too uh it's more more often now because you know the with the with iPhones and 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 tablets and stuff like that. Like you said, they're they're so yeah. prevalent. Everybody's got an app for it. Everybody's got their character yeah. sheet there. That way, you know, in case I forget it, you know, no, it's on my phone. Terrific. And I, again, no issue with that. But and, now and it's, it's also it's great for sending secret messages too. Because yeah. uh, back in the old days, when you'd pass a sheet of paper to somebody, fold it up. All the eyes on the table are on that paper, and then the guy opens it up and he reads it, and he says, "Okay, I pull my sword out," and everybody else says, "Okay, we're gonna do something." Yeah, in that case, it becomes a pretty useful tool. I totally agree but, on that. But then again, now you're still also stuck with, "All right, uh, Mike." So I'm looking at you. What What are you doing? You, we just set up this whole scene with the these drow came in, and he's like, "Wait, what happened?" Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fire a crossbow. Really? Uh, okay. Because he's texting his girlfriend while, yeah. you know, or his wife or whoever else he's trying to talk to at that point. And, yeah. you know, now you thought he was talking to you the whole time because he's sending you text messages. So you're like, right. all right, great. He's talking to me. And then you look up and you're like, okay, so now you're surrounded. What do you do? Oh, I fire my crossbow bolt. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, wait, what? Oh, what? Wow. Right. Game. Speaking of distractions, and I quote, Matt. While we appreciate you've had crappy DMs in the past, this segment was actually about distractions outside of the gaming, not just things that distract your characters. So please wow. keep that in mind for future reference. They're coming down on Matt pretty hard, too. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Well, so they, they are working overtime. I thought Matt was I, your boy. I did, too. I, th I yeah. think you gave me this little safe space, but no, apparently, all right. But yeah. Nobody's look, safe, Matt. Nobody's no, safe. Uh, no, apparently. Who can you trust if you can't trust the higher ups? Uh, but yeah. So it looks like they won't. They're, we're really concerned with the out of game distractions, like, like you guys were just discussing the phones and yeah. the constant dingings. Like, if I ever hear an yeah. iChat ding again, I will probably twitch just and cringe. go into convulsions. Just don't, just don't dive well, onto the table, Matt. Okay, kind of going along with that. Yeah, just, I guess going along with that kind, of, uh, that kind of vein is, like, where you're talking about outside distractions or, or annoyances. Nick. Is when, it, it's when you have significant <laughs> others, maybe. Involved. Did you just call what? Nick an outside annoyance? No, I was trying to say oh. something. It, it fit in just perfectly. So no, he's an inside annoyance, right? He's a, yeah, definitely. No, like oh, I, I know. I know personally. <laughs> I know personally when I'm sitting here and I'm playing a game in my town, I don't have a problem because we're all okay. I'm in Texas, and this usually comes up a lot in Texas politics, mm -hmm. and that's always a game killer. 
Because people have their opinions. People like to argue. Yeah. Chances are, if I'm sitting at the table and I hear someone say, oh, my God, did you hear what Obama did last night? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Don't even continue with that. While yeah. we're in Texas, and I'm probably going to agree with whatever they said at the point in time, there could be that 5% that's not going to agree, and that's going to kill some character. Yeah. Sorry, some player, not the character. Right. Well, it probably will kill the character at that point <laughs> in the game. So that's definitely something you can't talk about. Unless you yeah. really know the people well, it, it, I, it doesn't matter. Even if you agree, it's still so outside the realm of what you're doing in the game yeah. that it it's not a good thing. I mean, I think when you show up to the table, it might be fun to say, "Hey, did you see the game yesterday?" About whatever sports things happened, and yeah. But once you're in the middle of the game, uh, and this goes back to the guy who's checking his phone and says, "Oh, my fantasy guy just got an extra you yeah. know, eight, eight points or whatever." And then it can derail the, the whole game because it's hard to be uh, deep into the dungeon when there's, you know, the Patriots losing in the exactly. playoffs. Right. A second thing that I've seen in only once, only once in all the years I've been DMing is in the middle of a game, two players started arguing because the other dude did not go to his church that Sunday. And that's a religious oh, wow. thing. That, you know, but he, I just, out of nowhere, he's just like, dude, you know, uh, i just wondering, man, I invited you to my church, and how come you didn't show up? While going to church is important, yes, to most people, it's important to me, yes. Yeah. Not everyone wants to go. And bringing yeah. up in the middle of a dungeon crawl is the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's another thing. And we have, uh, I know in my gaming group, we have a very diverse group of people when it comes to, like, you know, personal beliefs. You know, my best friend, Jeff, He's an atheist, so is his son. But uh, Frank and Sherry, they're they're Baptists, so, and you know I'm a Roman Catholic. We got everybody in the. We don't. Eat, I'm surprised we don't have an actual practicing Druid in our real world group. <laughs> but suffice to say, you know we don't talk about that sort of thing because it's such a it's such a non-issue. Because I guess the fact is that we respect each other's own personal beliefs, and we don't we don't dig into that stuff. So. I'm, yeah, yeah I, I, I've, uh, yeah, I kind of, I guess it kind of goes in that other show that we were talking about, like, you know, are the dark days of D&D, &D, but, you dark know, how days. some people just couldn't, they, they can't separate that. Yeah, they can't yeah. separate. Exactly. Exactly. See, now I've, and I've actually witnessed this and I was impressed with it. Uh, there was a guy in a game who played a very misogynistic character. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now. The only reason he got away with it is because at a game, this dude was the nicest guy on the planet. And he decided to play something different, play shake it up, and he played a slave trading misogynist. And there was other there was two girls actually in this in this tabletop game, and the one loved it. The one thought it was hysterical. And she was, you know, just because of it was a character and it wasn't right. real. The right. other girl was so offended. In game now, but there was you could tell how the how the butt hurt leaked out of game. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Because because she yeah. just everything he said, she just had snark coming back. And it, mm. even if it was a good idea, he's like, why don't we use the two the two women, show off your goods, and you know, like that sort of thing. <laughs> and it was one of those things where, you know, he never crossed a line, mm -hmm. but everything he said was just horrible 
Like it she was. Took it. She took was, it. He was a male. Every time. Oh, she was offended by everything this guy said, and he was, and he was basically a male from the forties. You know what I mean? Like he just had that attitude. But, but that was his character, like you and said. And it was his right, and he played this rough and tumble, you know, beardy character, and yeah. <laughs> that's how it came out. And it was great. We had a, everybody had a great time, except her, and she wound up dropping out. Hmm. And the the point was, we everybody was like, oh, who cares? Because honestly, you know, this dude is not like that, like yeah. at all, in the least. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was just playing a character, and the other, and the fact that the other girl at the game was like, "This is this is one of the funniest things I've ever been with," mm-hmm. and she had no problem with it. So we knew, okay, look, there's obviously you don't want to you don't want to be around that. Fine, that's that's up to you. That's your choice. But again, you're letting your out of game stuff hurt you right. in game, and now it's like, well, it's just a game. It's not worth going through all this drama and all this. Okay, that's up to you, but. To me, that's something, again, that you come into a game, understand, we're all friends here. Nobody, you know, we all knew each other. Like, we all know who each other are. Mm-hmm. You know, as a matter of fact, she's gamed with him in, in, other, in a LARP and other stuff. And it was just one of those things where it's like, this, this was just kind of a, a moment to have your little tantrum, I think. Right. You know, Has she gonna... gamed with him since? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Oh, so she what, sounds like she got over it. Oh, she did get over it. Like, yeah, it was completely over it. And I, like I said, I think this was uh, you, if you sh- she showed up with it in mind of I need a little more attention than I was getting, and she didn't like the attention she started getting. Okay, you know, in game, and then it crawled into an out of game place where it shouldn't have. Okay, yeah, I guess it's almost like a balancing act. I mean, you want to play your character a certain way because that's how they are. And yet, you know, you might have one, maybe a couple of people who might be offended how your character is. But they also have to keep in mind, it's just your character. You yeah. know, it, yeah. it, don't take it personal. You know, it's it's like it's like when someone when some person, you know, they got, you know, save or die and their character dies and they got all often <laughs> up in a tizzy. It's like. It's okay. Exactly. No. Yeah, exactly. It's just a character, man. It's just it's okay. Roll up now, another one, you know. But now also I, on the on the same side of that coin, um I feel racism. Um things like misogyny, that sort of stuff. While it's a fantasy world and maybe you come across somebody somebody goes, "Oh, you filthy dwarf. Oh, you disgusting gnome. Oh, you dirty drow." Anything like that. We deal enough with it in the real world where as, as a DM, I won't make that the the pivotal point of a game session. Right. You know, you, you throw it in, just, well, okay, great, you have to handle that. Let's see, you guys, you guys need to get supplies. This guy is some sort of, oops, excuse me. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. This guy's some sort of a, of a racist. Yeah, well, we'll just edit that out. Yeah, so <laughs> you kind of, you got to deal with that because that's just a problem. But I know dealing with that, Every day on the news, getting bombarded by that yeah. stuff. Who needs that in your fantasy game? You know what? And I think you just touched on something there, Sal. And that's my number one pet peeve when it comes to a game is when a a, a DM or an or or referee, wherever you want to call him, tries to make his own social political agenda come across in a game. <laughs> I hate that with a passion of a million white hot burning suns. 
Huh. It's like See, his game doing? world becomes his own little social experiment, and he's going to have the player characters come across these, you know, s social conundrums in the, uh, you know, uh, and I've seen this all the time on forums and stuff, and people talk about this, and I mean, for some people, they like that. You, you know, they like, but... <sighs> To me, the, no. the game is, is rigged, though, because when you set up a situation where, oh, should you do the right thing or the wrong thing? And if the right if I'm the DM and I'm creating the world, then the right thing is going to be what I think is the right thing. So you're not really definitively proving that capitalism is better than communism or, or whatever or racism yeah, the, is wrong. Right. And there but there are some DMs like I've always I, I've seen this example a lot when it comes to stuff like this, like the the whole, you know, our orcs or hobgoblins or whatever are they inherently evil you know it's oh, like maybe you come across that. this band of orcs and you know you you uh you get in a battle with them but the only things that are the only orcs that are left are the children what do you do do you kill the do you kill the young orcs or do you take them away what do you do it's like yeah slaughter them oh sorry. yeah and yeah exactly and and then the dm might say oh no that's an evil act of like wait a minute they're orcs no it's not an evil act too bad yeah, I would, I would just I slaughter put, them. That's yeah. just yeah. cheap labor. Yeah, and then someone says, "Oh, you're just a bunch of murder hobos." Well, you know what? The but early games, them. days of D and D, yeah, we were all a bunch of murder hobos. Fine, get over it. But did you, you know? I, I, I just for you me, guys realize, uh, like, on if you watch TV, okay, and we've all watched GI Joe, <gasps> we've all seen all these shows where guys are shooting back and forth at each other, and nobody can get hit. Right. You, you know, you know, who can get killed and shot and stabbed on TV and not have an issue. Orcs, aliens, anything that isn't human can be destroyed sure. outright on TV yeah. as dirty and nasty as we want to make it. Right. Yeah. So that's like that's, that's exactly what you come across in this game because they were presented as the bad guys. Yeah. So now, if you want to throw in that, you want to throw in that moral dilemma of we find a baby orc. Can you raise it to be a good orc, a paladin? Sure, maybe. Um, you know, who knows? But now, maybe that's your whole game. You want to you want to raise that campaign around that. Great, terrific. That's cool. You can do that one time. If you submerge your characters into that every time, where you get, you hit them with the same dilemmas. Of, yeah. Wow! Even even chaos is good, you know that sort of stuff. Yeah, I hate. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hate that more than anything. Is that you know making using what's the what I the term I'm kind of looking and taking the the postmodern ideas that we have and you're throwing them into the game. It just to me it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I I just I, I play D and D the get away from all this crap right. that we have to deal with in the real world. You know, yeah. it's it bad. Harkens. It's bad enough it, that you want to try to bring it into the into a fantasy game. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, no. But there are people that are going to love that dilemma and love role playing that, and exactly. yeah. they right. just got to know not to play that with you. That that it, you get. To, that's why the people that you're playing the game with are more important than the system or the rules. Right. It's you know, what are we all about? I, and you know what? There are some systems where you can get into those moral and ethical dilemmas, like um, uh, like Call of Cthulhu. I think you could do that with, um, you know, Marvel superheroes more than likely. And I think one of the things that's different from those games, like D and D, is D and D. You have an alignment system. So, and there's some other games that don't. So you can really get into those all different, you know, levels of black, white, and gray in the middle. 
while D and D, I like to have my orcs. They're they're flipping evil, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's there's no there's no uh, there's no gray area. You know, uh, that's that's how but, I like to do my game. So well, I don't okay, know. Look at look at the whole Dritz thing. Okay. Yeah. Why that was so wildly successful because it happened once. You know what I mean? Like it it wasn't something that, you know, we're following Dritz. It's not there's there isn't a band of Drow who are all decided to be good guys. Right. You know, it was a once in a, it was a once in a lifetime thing, maybe, you know, maybe twice. You know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. one of those things that it's a great, it's a great idea. It's a trope now, you know, it's actually it is. A, a huge trope now to, to, you know, go against the grain. But if you do that every time you lose the special of it. So yeah, the misunderstood gonna, emo drow, <laughs> right? If you, if you bring that to the table every time, you know, yeah. you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to bore the players because now those dilemmas aren't so hard to make the third, fourth time around. Right. right. So, you know, I definitely think if you're going to do that for a once in a while thing, great. That'll, that'll probably spice up a lot of stuff. That's a great idea to bring to the table. However, don't, don't rely on that as just keeping your, your – because basically what it does, it just keeps your players clueless. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Are we the good guys or are they the good guys? Maybe we're the bad guys for coming in this dungeon and killing them. This They live here. Uh, you know, you're going to do that how many times? Can you go through that? Yeah, it, it and it just doesn't make the game fun for everybody. If you're if you're the DM who has yeah. a has a, a sociopolitical agenda and you keep on bashing your right. the players heads over with your this is what's right and wrong. Bang, bang, bang. No, that's not fun. Not every time. Right. But like I said, I think there's some systems, though, I think can lend to that more type of gameplay than others. I just, I don't know. For me, D&D, maybe sometimes, like you said, they're, uh, they're uh, Sal, but I don't know. It's just not, it's not my deal. Orcs are yeah. evil. Kill them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, basically, D&D yeah. harkens okay. back to, you want your D&D to harken back to that simpler time when it was more black and white. We are good adventurers, and we are going out to slaughter evil things. Yeah, I mean, because you know what we have, like I said, there we have enough uh, uh, moral ambi- ambiguity in the real world as it is. Yeah, you know, I want to, I want to escape from all that crap. <laughs> and I think that's I, one of the things that makes D and D great is that you can explore all of those different topics. You can have that black and white game. You can have that more really ambiguous game if you want. You can do all of that, and that flexibility is great, but when you have that flexibility and that variety, you get a variety of players, and everyone may be looking for something different. And sometimes you may have a group that, player-wise, they're great, they're great people, but just what they want out of the game isn't going to mesh. Okay, Mm -hmm. now let me ask you guys a question. And, Jeff, this is not a a snipe at you at all, I promise. Um, Okay, good. As as a player. It's a snipe. No, no, it's, it's really not. Um, because this is one of the things I thought about as a player coming to a table, um, especially if I'm going to play with people like from the game store where they do the local meetups and they say, OK, I'm going to go play with these people I've never played with before. And the guy says, OK, we're playing three five. So what do you want to do? And I sit down, and I go, well, I've always wanted to play this super ninja psionicist scuba diver brain surgeon. <laughs> right. And I have the rules right here. Like, I don't know, like, as a, as a player, let me ask you guys, is, do you think that doing that is a little too much? Because it's not something you'd ever play in your own home game with the guys, or, you know, it's not something you would do normally? 
do you think doing that is like kind of a and you know I'm holding up air quotes and you know I don't know if you have to bleep me or anything. Do you think that's a dick move? Well, if you're if you're coming into a situation where they say, "Hey, do what you want," then I think that's an invitation to do what you want. If if right. they they're coming in, they say, "Well, what do you want to play?" Then that's different. If you say, "I want to play this uh, ninja diver neurosurgeon, <laughs> whatever," then the guy might say, "Oh, hold on, I was thinking more like you want to be a paladin." You, know? <laughs> you can play a paladin of like a neutral god or something. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, back to, to good and evil and neutral. I, after I was in AD&D, I got the books for the the earlier books, and they had Law and Chaos. And that makes a lot more sense to me from a from a religion standpoint because it's hard to imagine some uh, a, a nice book, a group of uh, church-going evil people going and, and being evil every week at their church and, and donating properly to the church of chaos and evil. It just seems odd, which is... Where if you had instead a group of that's into chaos, you say, oh, that's about individual freedom and law. That's about, oh, that's about order. So it seems like those mm -hmm. two can oppose each other and both think they're good rather than, uh, you know, with a straight face standing up and uh, preaching at the pulpit saying, everybody be chaotic and evil and make sure you uh, wipe your feet before you walk into the church. On <laughs> <laughs> But sorry, I, I derailed it a bit. We were talking. No, no, about... no, no. That's 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 fine because that's again it's something. I, actually, it's funny because I agree with that one hundred percent. That was the way I went way back in the day. Of you know, instead of the whole good and evil, it was law and chaos. Those were always my my two. That's it's the easiest way to kind of just give a little bit more elbow room. Yeah, <clears throat> and I always I always stuck to that from from way back when we were younger and we and I figured that out. So yeah, that was agree with you 100% on that. Well, good. I I I wanted to also bring up about uh something to bring to the table is uh when people bring drugs to the table, I think that is a a real downer and uh I have in, in my life I'm straight edge and so mm -hmm. I I'm really against uh drugs and alcohol. And it was only in my most recent group where people started drinking a few beers at the table and I saw, oh, well, people can have a few beers over the course of a six-hour session and it's not – this is not a, a drug fest. Yeah. And so it's it's helped me in my personal life get used to the fact that some people recreationally uh, drink and, and it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But when uh, somebody would show up with a, a bottle of Jack Daniels and line up shots, then you're sort of crossing over the line from <laughs> – <laughs> uh, you know, are, are we playing a game or are we are we drinking? I'm usually thinking, are we going to a convention? Yeah, <laughs> and I see that, and it's like, yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> That's what I pack. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, like in my my home game, we we all are. You know, we always have a couple of drinks or so with our you know beer or, you know or wine. Nothing, you know, and that's that's typical of us and. You know, it never detracts from the game. But when, like, if you're talking like drugs, drugs, you know, like smoking a little Mary Jane or something like that. Mary Jane. Yeah, we. Yeah, <laughs> one of those marijuana cigarettes. Uh, uh, and what's funny, like, I've, I've never done drugs in my life. I've hung out with stoners for a long time. Yeah, me too. And nobody ever comes to just because I don't. I don't smoke. I don't do anything. So they wouldn't do anything at the table. But I've had players show up who were baked out of their heads. 
and either they focused and they functioned or they didn't at all and we got rid of them yeah. right you know that was and and it was at that point you knew you knew who you dealt with and who you didn't want to mm-hmm. do i don't so, think i've i've ever recalled in my entire time of gaming uh at least knowing anybody who was like stoked oh oh jeez oh, yep. We have a message, and I quote, We here at Wild Games Productions <laughs> what, encourage a very drug-free, sober gaming environment, and we highly encourage all to institute a wellness policy for their home gaming oh, the, What? The wellness whoa, policy. Whoa, 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 because whoa, that whoa. is best for business. No, 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 no. <laughs> they have just crossed the line. They have gone you know beyond the pale. It was your yeah. hipster slang that got them, Nick. That the marijuana cigarettes. <laughs> wow, they must be mad at Nick now. <laughs> yes, they're hot at Nick. Nick, and I quote Nick: While we do understand that there are illegal substances in the world, and you may be associating with such people, we would encourage you not to bring it up on the show to prevent any potential lawsuits. We, last thing I- we want to be have is a a reefer madness situation with our podcast. Hey, I never said I associate with those sort of people. I just said I don't think I ever seen anybody baked or stoned at my gaming table. And if they were, I didn't know about it. Well, so. well, you know all the lingo, so <laughs> you're a little Kate, knowledgeable on yeah, that, that, that darn internet. I tell you, they, I think, that, you know, I think just we're just gonna have too to... much stuff. Nick, I think we're just going to have to turn Matt's monitor off or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, now they're telling us that we can't do those sorts of things, our own personal games. I don't know. I thought I still lived in a free country. The fact that we're implying a wellness program right there is just telling you it's going down to hell. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing's going right down the tube. Oh, and you know what? They're no longer HR. I'm calling them now the evil overlords. <laughs> See how you feel wow. about that. So, grinding halt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think that's going to end the segment pretty much. <laughs> and we'll, as we all go away for our current uh, random wellness check. <laughs> uh, well, I know Nick had to go see EHR last time, so I don't know what happened with that. Yeah, I'm still in pain. <laughs> Let's just listen to these announcements, and we'll be right back with our next segment. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy Bun. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't think there's anybody back there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people. Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Want to help support the show? Why not head over to the Patreon site, patreon.com slash WGP. That's patreon.com slash WGP. And help support the network for as little as $1.50 a month. That's right, $1.50 a month goes a long way. Thank you. And now we are in the treasure chest, and this one will actually be the arts and crafts version of the treasure chest. Because we will be discussing paints. Particularly the Paints of Blackmore. The Paints of Blackmore is an object I've never actually used or heard of before today. But once I was going through Greyhawk Adventures, I found this and I was just fascinated by it. It's a set of multicolored paints that was enchanted when Blackmore was created. 
in in full power. And then when the city was in ruins, a magic user whisked away with these paints to ensure his own survival. There's five applications of six different colors of paint. And when you use these paints and paint your entire body in the color, you get some special powers. Particularly, you become a different class. Oh. So if you were to, say, want be like a Kansas City Chiefs fan and paint yourself Why would in you do full... That? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why would you do that? <laughs> yes, and go in full red body paint. Oh boy. You become a level 7 fighter with an armor class of 2, a two-handed sword plus 2 with 70 hit points. So if you're the lowly level thief trouncing through an area with very large monsters that want to bash your head in with giant sticks, you might want to do some red body paint and become that seventh level fighter that can hack them all down. Wow. You, you, or if you want to be blue, you can be a cleric at the seventh level. You get an AC of three, you get a footman's mace plus two, 60 hit points, you even get spell casting. Ooh. Ooh, yes. So if you have... no idea of what to do particularly the one thing i find interesting about the cleric is how do you determine what god you should be praying to and why is this god ah i i uh confused by the paint why is he suddenly i got an answer for that Uh oh yes because if you look at the blue pigments it can only go up to oh wait a minute you get a fourth you can go up to fourth level. I thought, you know, cleric well, you third. You get third, uh, third. Well, no, yeah, you do get one fourth level spell. Because I thought the cutoff for like spells from there and not directly from your god were like second or third level, right? I, yeah, I think it's third. So, so yeah, how do you get that fourth level spell? Right. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm with you on that. Okay. That's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, that's a little weird. I'm like, if you if you're just getting like the underlings and the gatekeepers to the gods, okay, I can understand that you trick them with some body paint. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't maybe. actually be able to trick your a god with body paint. Well, maybe you got to paint everything. Mm, yes, Ooh. everything, and that's a sign of devotion, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Oh, look, man, I didn't make the rules. I'm just saying. And the funny part is, these paints still cost less than Games Workshop paints. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you, you get more use out of it too. <laughs> then, then there's green, which makes you a seventh level ranger. Mm. You get an AC four, a longbow plus three, and fifty five hit points. Huh. I you see. I've never, I've never heard of these things, but these paints before. This is awesome, though. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's yeah. like. Uh, black makes you a thief at the seventh level. AC five, dagger plus two, with thirty-two hit points. Why is and it then... gotta be black? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Shut oh, up. I was fighting it. Fight. Oh, Isn't it a little bit like profiling there? I mean, come on. I was now. fighting. Yeah, this is well, very anti-thief. Yeah. Yes, and then but then if we go white. That's when you become the paladin at seventh level, so, AC uh-huh. one, so longsword plus three at sixty-seven hit points, which brings an interesting alignment question because there's no alignment requirement when you go to paint yourself. So you become this paladin. Go paint yourself. But go paint right. yourself. Go paint yourself. But say you're chaotic neutral. Ugh. Now you're a paladin. You need to be lawful good, and go against your alignment. How does because that work? 
Yes. Now, well, there it gets into that later. Is oh. what happens if you don't follow oh, your okay. class exactly. But and the last one is brown, and you could become a druid at the seventh level. AC six, quarter staff plus two forty four hit points. But notice what you can't turn into: a magic user, yes. <coughs> or an assassin. No, or a monk. Or a monk. You with these paints, you can use yeah. them twice. Yeah, no magic well, user one. Interesting. Yeah, there is no. Well, I guess the original person creating them was a magic user, and they thought. I don't need to paint my body to become mm. myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get my head kicked in. I, I need to do right. these other things. <sighs> yeah. That makes sense. Or he doesn't yeah. want any competition out there. Right. Mm. But there's a little catch here. Holy cow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you paint out. yourself twice within 24 <laughs> hours, you die. Nice. You Just die. No saving throw, no nothing. Die. Die. And then what, wow. after 24 hours pass, the paint wears off, and you regain one D12 of hit points, which my question is, though, if you're at a low level and you go up to, like, 55 hit points, you, and you take 50, and you take a bunch of damage yeah. to the point yeah. where even recovering that 12 takes you down to death when you figure in how much you lost, how does that work? I think once it wears off, then you're like, then you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. But also, for the classes that have uh, prime requisites or prerequisites, it will bring your ability scores up to the minimum to be that class if it's not high enough. So most characters will get a nice charisma bump if they paint themselves white. You get, when you're transformed, you have all your memories but you now have all the skills of that class and you also remember the skills of your previous class. Oh, well. it's, it's like almost you're like if you, this was for a human, you could you're like instantly dual classed in a way. Right. However, failure However. to adhere strictly to the limits of the assumed class will break the magic immediately. Huh. So if you're a thief and you decide I'm putting on plate mail because you're a, you were a fighter. You're no longer a thief. Huh. It, it un when it, if so, if you're that lawful good paladin, you painted became that lawful good paladin, and you start doing non lawful good things, you're no longer a paladin. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, question since I, I'm not really sure about this, but like now you're fighting a water elemental, okay? And he's, he hits you with a jet stream, some sort of spray. Does the, does the paint come off? Apparently, I don't think it does. It says during the time. It affects can it can only be taken away by a remove curse. So I guess once you body paint yourself, so it just absorbs into you. That's cool. This that's very I like that. Very good find on this one, man. That's good. Yeah. I have to and look then, this up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this is a, something that would be great to have if you have like a small party where you have some gaping holes in classes. Mm -hmm. Just to for those instances where you need that lock pick and you don't have a thief. Or you need that cleric hey, you need, when you're you a bunch a of fighters. Hey, you, over here. <laughs> right, here. Strip naked, hold still oh, while we paint you. This is awesome for hirelings. Yes. No, wait, this would be perfect for a hireling. You... Yeah, just have the yeah, one. Um, a little, no, when at you're, that point, yo, you <laughs> he's, looking, the... he's looking at the contract. <laughs> no, at this point, though, you could get the really dumb hirelings 
that work really cheap, then paint them yeah. up, and all their yeah. abilities yeah. will go up to the minimums. That's tremendous. Oh, I'm I'm psyched by this. I have I have like so many ideas running for for this. This is like the paints of Blackmore. I'm now also envisioning what happens if you start painting children. Oh dear. Imagine if you paint an eight year old and this make is getting them weird. A I need an adult. Yeah, it's getting really weird. I need an adult, Vince. Vince, I need help. You're on your this, own. This would, this would be a great thing. A party comes into a room. There are a bunch of like level one, maybe level twos, and they, all they see is this little toddler there. But they've been painted in this paint, so they're a seventh level fighter. <laughs> oh, I, oh my god. Well, think of it. It could be also a way of like think of it this way you could also use it maybe to well maybe to keep people alive i mean yes. what if you got someone there you have someone in your party they're like down to one hit point and you're like oh god we gotta do something okay we got the paints quick paint them red quick, paint them up <laughs> immediately 70 hit points for 24 yeah. hours there you go yeah that's tremendous yeah not to mention your equipment turns into like your regular weapon would turn into a magic item for that period yeah, as well yeah. magical weapon yeah. Also, um, besides, like, people that are, like, at death's door or, like, at that one hit point area, like you were saying, maybe you find somebody in a dungeon and they have, how many How many times have you been in an adventure where you find someone in a dungeon and they're, like, shackled to a wall and they have nothing and you got to get this person out? This would be an, a really good way of keeping that person relatively safe, yeah. you know? You know, paint them blue or green or whatever, and there you go. Or you really want to stick it to your party? You just give this to the NPC. Give one of the give like give a set of these paints to the NPC. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, the guy's a the guy's a magic user. We got him. He's you know he's done his deal, or he's the thief. And then just this guy comes out swinging. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. And now this is a whole new M. You have basically another five big baddies that you can throw against your PCs with one guy. Right. And yeah, first time they meet him, he's a magic mm -hmm. user, but he yep. escapes. So next time they meet him, all of a sudden he's a fighter. The next time they meet him, he's a druid. What is yeah, going man. on here? That is awesome. Yeah. Jack of all trades. Yeah. These are yeah. pretty badass. I like these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, this is just one of those. Oh, and, and you might not get all six pigments either. I guess no. it's uh yeah, because I'm not, looking at it, it's like the XP values like per pot, right? Yeah, each pot. So yeah. you may not even get a full set. You may just find one of them. Huh. Two. Oh, so right. This is very Matt. How'd you find this? Like, how'd you just came across it? Yeah, I just grabbed uh, Greyhawk Adventures and just started flipping through the magic items. That's and so I funny, came man. across this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah, this is pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. Because we're all thinking, this breaks so many rules. Yes. <laughs> yes. This just craps on so much. I, yeah. yeah, because I've never heard of this before. Yeah, and that's... I bet your players haven't either. This is one of those just, unless you were a big Greyhawk player, you probably haven't stumbled across. So, yeah, just so much potential with this. I, that... When as soon as you mentioned those, you know, when you were going to uh, do this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what these are. I, I, so I had to get my book too, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, these are pretty. These are these are pretty cool. They break things in so many different ways." <laughs> I I now had 
wonder though, what happens if you start mixing colors? You get purples and now you're yeah. a necromancer. Ooh. Yes. Because everybody knows Ooh. necromancers are purple. Doesn't yeah. say if you mix colors, does it? No, it doesn't. So does it just not work? Or what if you halved and halved? That's oh, a or DMV. You're right. If you're running out, you just put some water and water it down. <laughs> well, yes. hold on. It does say using the paints in a 24-hour period results in instant death for the user. So using them twice, right? Right. That would but, be twice. Maybe he's saying. Yeah, maybe that would be considered twice. And yeah, that's what I'm it. thinking. But what if yeah. you dilute it? <laughs> so instead of a level seven, you're now like you're a like level, level three, four. <laughs> yeah. Can you yeah. dilute it down with like some water or something? Yeah. <laughs> Try to stretch out the pot of paint you got. Okay. Right. Take those five uses, make them ten, and all of a sudden you're level th four instead of seven, and your so magic like, items aren't magic anymore. It's an old cheap take artist a whole trick. Bunch of level so. ones. Yeah. Oh man. Or you dilute it too much, and say you're level three, you become a level one. <laughs> Oops. Or you go into a grade school and hand these out as finger paints. Let the kids go nuts. <laughs> yes. All of a sudden, you now have your new party of adventurers. <laughs> you have 24 hours to complete this mission. Otherwise, your doom is ensured. Go. You, sh you show up at a grade school. And they're like, wait, oh, what are we doing here? Oh, this would actually be almost an, like an expendable type situation. You get kidnapped. You're a bunch of like farmers. It's up the... the Slaps paint on the you. The boss is like paying you guys up. You have 24 hours to complete this message. If you don't return, you will die. Okay, think about this. Think about how freaked out your players are going to be. You're all playing farmers and, and reg regular guys, and all of a sudden some dude shows up, and now you're in a dark room, and he's like, everyone take your clothes off. Uh, I'm, uh. Going to, I'm going to have my manservant Hecubus paint you. Hecubus? Yes. <laughs> so now you're like, wait, what? <laughs> And then he tells you once you're painted up, you got 24 hours to get back. Otherwise, that's going to wear down and you're going to die. Nah. Yeah. But that would, that would be such a great lead up. Yeah. That's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All righty then. Cool. Just tell us what you think as we head into our next segment of Creature Feature Theater. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain... Into a seven and a half foot long gorilla! Creature Feature Theater. It's alive! It's alive! So, I decided I wanted to do uh, a little creature feature thing here. My Anybody who knows me knows how much I love the oozes, slimes, puddings... Mm, love. I love pudding. Yeah, Who pudding. doesn't love pudding? I love pudding. So, now the thing is, I have I started out kind of getting into them when I started making my own minis. Yeah. And obviously the easiest thing to make, a little hot glue, a little clay, oh, yeah. that, sort of, that sort of deal. So, started doing that, but then I started or using the pudding. <laughs> yeah. That, that gets messy. It also gets messy. Um, but then that's when I started using them more in games. Um, it was one of those things where they were such a simple creature and they were so effective because now like the gelatinous cubes, they're, they're so invisible. hard to kill. They're, well, mm -hmm. all of them, pretty much all of these are hard to kill. I, I went and I did some research and I'm going, I went on hack slash master dot blogspot dot com. Okay. For a lot of this research, but it all ties back in to the, 
the D20 stuff. And actually, I really, this is actually a, a thinly veiled disguise for my love of Jubilex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because Jubilex I, worshiper, I am. I love. <laughs> actually, it's Jubilex. Was it, wasn't I, Ju- Jubilex an X Men? <laughs> Ugh. Oh. What? Ugh. Oh. Ugh. So, anyhow, <laughs> moving on. The list I got from online is a pretty extensive list of the different oozes, the different, and the, some of the names on these are awesome. Like the Revolta stool. <laughs> right? So, yeah, you can just go a thousand places with that. Um, Necromantic Sludge, Nightseed Ooze, Phase Jelly, Shining Jelly. Um, I All of these are awesome additions to any game you wanted to use. And if you'll notice, in back when they had them back in the, in the first Monster Manual, mm-hmm. they started, you know, coming out with just different ones between the ochre jellies and the puddings and the oozes and the slimes. Third edition is, actually I think it might have been 3.5 was when they really kicked out with Chewy Blex. And he was their, he is their uh, their god and he had the big he's got the big rivalry going on with Zagadmi who, I, I doubt I pronounced that right, but that's the, the deity of the funguses, fungi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, she's the demon queen of fungus and molds and stuff yep. like that. And him and her had the, they got it going back and forth. And my favorite, the thing about Jubilex is that he is one of the simplest concepts to grasp. Mm-hmm. He is all about destruction, decay, and rot. And just, and these slimes, and just go. And th- mm-hmm. th- there's nothing else. There's There's absolutely nothing else you have to figure out, think up. It's just, again... It fits into that over archetype of law and chaos. This guy is just pure destruction. That's that's what he's there for. Um, the simple part of this, uh, you can go into this. You can find out all these details on them. Um, they can be up to fifteen feet, bit you know, cubed size. They could fill a hallway. You couldn't see them if you were walking through. And there's a gelatinous cube. The players aren't supposed to be able to see it. You see right through it unless there's something floating and floating digesting in it. Yeah. In yeah. yeah. Um, they can fit that 15-foot size thing can now fit through a one-inch crack. Um, and anybody who was a fan of the blob, you can watch the jelly come out of the... Oh, uh, yeah. Come out of the vents, how, like, creepy that was. Yep. And, a lo- and the thing about these, they're not necessarily evil. They are animalistic at, at the very least in some of these, and sometimes at the very best... They're animalistic, and they respond to stimulus going on in a room. Yeah, they have black puddings, and I think gray ooze, they're all neutral. They don't have it really. Yeah, and the gray ooze. Yeah, the gray ooze is the stuff that, that'll, that's all about constriction. It'll constrict yeah. you and then kill you. And, uh, some, you know, and it, going down the list, there's stuff that only eats the organic material. There's stuff that only eats the metal. There's stuff that only eats the, the leather. They got. They have lists of oozes and slimes, jellies and puddings that will pretty much dissolve anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest things that I've I've never even seen uh, that I found on this list was called the silver pudding. Silver pudding. Silver pudding. It is immunities are weapons. It is immune to weapons. Period. Okay. And cold is the only thing that can get it. 
when you destroy it, it's toxic, and it turns into solid silver, 75%, or platinum, 25% upon its death. So now at that point, your PCs Whoa. kill this thing with whatever coal they're going to use, and now they have a pile, literally, of silver and platinum, or platinum, depending on the roll. So, like, to me, that's just a monster for nothing. Like, literally, a nothing monster is now something huge. So I think if you wow. take a little time and you want to start one of the one of my favorite things I started to do, um, if anybody's a fan of old 80s horror movies, um, the stuff. Anybody ever see the stuff? Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Now, to me, that is one of the anybody who's ever watched the cheesy horror movie knows the movie. But now you take this and drop this in your game where you guys are at a carnival, you're at a fair, you're at a, you're at a feast or a celebration, and there are these little pots of this white marshmallowy ooze that people cannot eat enough of. And you tie this back into Jubilex, and mm -hmm. he sent this, this stuff out. This is there now to kind of spread it, and the people eating it start becoming more along those lines until they actually just rot from the inside. Great, I'm and never going to eat a fluffer nutter ever again. <laughs> just filled with this, you know, <laughs> this puffy marshmallowy slime. And you can just you can extrapolate that as much as you want and just take these things and put them anywhere because they can pretty much exist almost anywhere. Um if you if you're in a dungeon, you're in a castle, they can use these as their garbage, can, you know, basically their cleanup crew. Yeah. Um they walk around and they, you know, they just move and they find things to eat. They dissolve and they clean up the place. So they actually have a natural order being an unnatural thing. So you can literally put them anywhere. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if, uh, you know, you have your, your, your king, your queen, whoever in charge, send your party out. We need you to get one for our castle because we do need a new one. And it needs to be, you know, they want to keep it in place. And so now you guys got to go capture it which good luck but again i think it's something that get they're, they're overlooked and they just got to come up in, in three five which mm -hmm. you know that's still some years ago but now i think people should start kind of coming around to using them more as dungeon dressing because they're good i think they're uh they're an oh, yeah, often like overlooked. you said they're the they're the garbage mm-hmm Oh, I was gonna say they're they're the garbage men of the dungeon, along with like rats and spiders and stuff like that. They're the ones uh, who clean up all the uh, dead bodies in the hallway. <laughs> you know, there was actually I was reading something. One of the um, the germalanes, the giant rats. Yeah, the the rat people, germalanes. Yeah. Yeah, they excrete a substance that keeps it repels the jellies and slimes from them. Huh. So in their area, they like I best basically they would mark their territory with however they do that. And it, it keeps the slimes and sludges from crossing those barriers and kind of getting in their stuff. Yeah, I always thought like the um, I, like like you're saying the puddings and the slimes and stuff. They're mm -hmm. <laughs> they they're dangerous in their own right because like unless you know what you're dealing with, you most of them you have to use the right attack or the right spells yeah. to destroy them. And the fact the fact. I mean, one that I always thought was there was one I always thought that was so nasty is the mustard jelly. The mustard mm -hmm. jelly 
um, I think this was, um, oh, Monster Manual 2. Yeah. Um, this one, it, yeah, magic missiles cause it to grow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but now, yeah, magic missiles and electrical attacks. I mean, yeah, if you see this thing, it's like, okay, magic missile, boom, boom, boom. And you don't know what you're dealing with. Yeah, and, and the fact, that's that's the other thing. If they are silent, <clears throat> for the most part, all of these are silent. Um, some of them can cling to walls and ceilings. Uh, the movement isn't, you know, none of them move at a, at a rapid, rapid rate. But, again, you're in a dungeon, you decide you guys are going to crash for the night, and all of a sudden, just something drops on you while you're sleeping. Yeah. Something that starts dissolving you or trying yeah. to crush you while, you know, just out of nowhere. To me, I find that, I find that terrifying. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I get the fact that there is no, I can't bargain with it, can't reason with it sort of idea because this thing is just a brainless stomach that wants to eat or clean or, you know, however you want to call it. Right. It's still, I, I just gotta, think it's a terrifying thing. I got a question for you guys. I don't know how you would class them, but would would mimics be almost in the same class? Because ah, ready I mean, for this? Mm. This is this is a rumor. Okay, people say that the blobs, and these all fall into a blob category. Yeah, they say that they are the larval stages of shape changers like mimics and doppelgangers. No kidding. Mm. This is not true. It's not true. Mimics mm. and doppelgangers are actually the larval stages of the blobs. What? Yeah. It goes that's, the other way around. It goes oh, the other wow. way around, and it, I'll be damned. And again, that's a rumor. So take that huh. for what it's what, what you know. That's just what people have decided to put out. Yeah, I always you know when I think about it, like you're talking about you know puddings and and jellies and and all the blob type creatures. I always thought mimics almost fit into that category because they they morph into things that you see in the dungeon. You know the mm. the atypical uh, wooden chest or um, you know, maybe uh, I mean, you have a, a mimic that looks like a door or something like that. They can morph. Th on on some of this info stuff, they get they get very into it. Um, you, like I said, this can be extrapolated down to the nth degree with this stuff. For example, um, I'm, I'm just going to read this real quick. The blobs are actually complicated plants, and they move just as plants do, only faster. Hmm. So... They go into this whole big thing about it, but like I said, you take these things, they're a simple thing, you put them in your dungeon, you put them in, you put them in your castle, put them anywhere you want because they'll fit anywhere and they're yeah. horrifying. They're horrifying little things. Yeah. Um, and, and again, you can micromanage this to any degree you want and you can give them any background you want. You can have them all following, you know, Jublix and you can have them just be animals and not following anybody, but I don't know. There, I'm I'm always going to be a fan of them. And now, uh, actually, what I'll try to do is uh, send Vince some pictures of the stuff that I've made, and I've I've been experimenting with new stuff. Well, yeah, I can't wait to see the link to that in the show notes. It's I sounds like an awesome out. site. Yeah, I want to check that out as soon as possible. I don't want to see anything you're experimenting with, Sal. Oh, wait, wait till I send you the pictures. It's gross. <laughs> I never really thought much about uh, oozes and slimes and puddings and such. I, I have encountered my share of them, but I, I always felt like there was 
there was somebody in the party who knew what to do. Uh, oh, mm -hmm. it's it's a black pudding. We have to hit it, or we can't hit it. And I can never remember which one it was. Yeah, and that's what I meant earlier. It's like some if you don't know which what flavor of pudding you're dealing with. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. Again, just like a troll, everybody sees a troll and they're like, "Oh, we got to finish it with fire and acid." Yeah. If you're a DM, you just say, "Are you sure you know that?" Yeah. You know, how do you know? How do you know what a black pudding is? Right. You know, this you've is... never been here before. You've that never gets... been to this area. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's a simple creature, but it can really just screw your whole party up. And then to find out there's some sort of a conspiracy or some sort of a a lead in from you know from some sort of a crazy jelly loving god that's even worse yeah a pudding cabal trying to take over the world <laughs> the great pudding and jello cabal <laughs> see you saying that is terrifying yet ridiculous at the same time yes yes <laughs> and you talk about jubilix he's you know what you can even tie that into the cthulhu mythos too that's that's my other point they are reminiscent to me of shoggoths yeah, oh, I love boy. I love Shoggoths. Shoggoths are like the granddaddy of the slimy things. And oh. if you think about it, Shoggoths are slaves, and they're meant to clean. Yeah. So you can you can really tie it all in if you if you like yeah. I said you can extrapolate this out. You can pull it out, and you can tie this all into anything you want to. And if you want to do some sort of a Shoggoth thing where that's the end monster, go mm -hmm. right ahead. But any of these can actually be beefed up to to become an end monster. You know, yeah. boss fight sort of deal if you want to. I remember when I when you, we were talking about the deities and demigods book. You look at the Shoggoth, how many hit dice that thing has. It's like, what is it like eighteen twenty hit dice? Something crazy well, amount. Look at it now too. Look at the first edition D and D stuff of anything, and then look at the updates as it's gotten. You know, the power creep on everything. Mm -hmm. And if you look at uh, like. Uh, for for slimes even and any shugoths, they've become these indestructible tanks that you can't you just you know even using magic is resistant you know mm -hmm. it's magic resistant to some and ice you know does half or fire does half that sort of thing so yeah but uh definitely get a look into it and i think everybody just mm -hmm. start paying some respect to the slimes oozes jellies and that sort of thing all right all right yeah all right everybody Everybody Res with me on this? Respect the slime. Respect the slime. That's all I'm saying. I think it's time to move on to our next thing. We're all going to make some room for some pudding. All right. <laughs> so let's head into our last segment of Sage Advice. Master. Master. They're at the gates again. Master. It looks like another band of adventurers. Adventurers again? Always the same. Coming to me for sage advice. All right, we're in sage advice, our last segment of the night. If you want to send in a voicemail, uh, 570-865-4210. That is our hotline where goblins are standing by now. Uh, the hotline. The hotline. That's right. The hotline. The hotline. Okay, enough, guys. Goblins uh, are standing by. Sunday, Sunday, anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and RFISTAFF at gmail.com if you'd like to write into us. Well, we do have a voicemail tonight. Oh, yes. Following up on our strange voicemail from two weeks ago. Oh, jeez. So let me just that was, that that was, I'm still. I've been waiting for a follow-up because that is an awesome 
amazing mm-hmm. voicemail. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so here's our voicemail. You guys just uh, kind of keep quiet for a little bit, and we'll hit it for you. So hold on. Yes, this is an email for RFI. How dare you? This is the devil. After listening to your last show about the satanic panic, I find it absolutely insulting. I demand equal time. Gygax never, ever gave me a dime. If he was involved, I never saw anything from any of those modules or campaigns that caused all these people to worship me, apparently. I never got anything. I find this whole thing just absolutely insulting. And the fact that you and your little group of people sit down in your high horses and you judge me and you tell me how evil these people are, I find it ridiculous. All these stay-at-home moms, nothing better to do than come bug the dead. It's absolutely just terrible. Like, I'm been insulted, actually. It hurts my feelings. You people. Um, okay. Okay, I just want to say that uh, he started off by saying this is an email. Actually, it's a voicemail. Yes. Well, shows you how much Satan knows. Yeah, he's kind of technologically behind the times, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Whomever the fan out there that keeps doing this, uh, I appre- keep tell, I, yeah, whoever they are, I appreciate you. Yes, <laughs> bravo. Yeah, you're bravo. Awesome. <laughs> hey, if you if you if he wants to demand equal time, sure, we'll give him equal time on the show. <laughs> Please, devil, come back to the show. We'll have you definitely. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anybody have any comments other than that? I'm surprised we didn't get dinged on it. Yeah, I, I got nothing. the devil to the show. Well, I why got would nothing. we get dinged on it? Huh? Why would we get dinged on it? Because HR thinks it's a good PR move. And you, you just invited the <laughs> devil on the show. I don't know, Matt. You're the representative for uh, the higher-ups. What do you have to say about that? I personally think we should give equal time. We are all about being fair here yeah. because we know our, all of our games should be fair. So I'm, perhaps we should give some equal time because... Oh, jeez. Oh. Well, I guess they're <laughs> answering us since we called them out. Yeah. And I quote, yes, we here at Wild Games Productions do believe in equality and fairness, and that even includes the gr- great lord and master Satan. Wait. You see? <laughs> great lord you could, hold on, hold on mis- a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. Great lord and master? <laughs> yeah, I, I knew there was something. That tells you everything this. right there, don't <laughs> it? Yeah. So the people, the higher-ups of this company have decided they are now worshipping Satan. <laughs> that's we what mean I, decided. That's what I heard. They always have. <laughs> It, a- it answers so much. Yeah, it puts it they, in perspective. They, 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 they do believe in fairness, and he deserves his equal time, so maybe we should discuss some of his minions at some point. Yeah. I knew there was something fishy about HR. Uh-oh. They, they worship the devil. I knew it. Nick, well, what, down. Uh, Nick, there's uh, nothing wrong with worshiping the devil, Nick. Oh. Well, of course not. Okay. Oh, here okay. we go. And I quote, DM Nick, Uh -uh. we support all religious beliefs here, be it 
anything, be it if should you choose to worship the Norse gods or anything else out of demigods and deities, all of those are considered acceptable. So please do not mock or mimic or insult anyone for any beliefs they may have. Please report to HR after the show. Oh, Ooh. there it is. <sighs> Nick, that's like we twice in a month, dude. I know. I don't think I can handle much more. Mm. Well, just go take your beating. Uh, I wish it was a beating. <laughs> anyway, our first email comes in from Sam. He is uh, basically, it's a, it's a long email, so I'll just kind of sum it up for those out there, uh, like Eric Tankar, who can't, who can't stand people reading emails. Uh, <laughs> he's still, he's just, he's just, <laughs> Eric's going to kill me. He, he's listening through the archives. He just got through volume one, issue number three, and decided <laughs> to send a comment in. Oh. And his comment, I'm going to sum it up here. He basically, it's talking about alignments and how he doesn't assign, assign an alignment to a character until their third level. He feels it gives them a chance for the character to develop along the way, and then they won't get any penalties for, you know, straying away from their alignment while they're exploring their character. Now, of course, he's saying it doesn't work for all classes, such as paladins and clerics, but for the most place, it does work, and uh, he's rolling with that. So what do you guys think about that idea? That's really actually kind of a good idea. Yeah. Balderdash. I like the idea of character yeah. development, of, of growing into a character. That's my biggest hack on fourth edition is that it seems like the characters start out at third level. Oh, yeah, so that's true. I, I want to see a character grow, and if he's going to be developing his beliefs at the same time he's developing his capabilities, then uh, I think that's a fine idea. I yeah, could see I could see what they're yeah, I you know like what he he did say there are some exceptions like you know paladins and rangers and what have you. So I can yeah. I can probably see well, obviously that. because think about it like when uh, I th uh, see I, I've been hitting the head a lot so I don't, now wrestling <laughs> yeah were we talking about this this one where you start out the game you know you start out as a farmer right mm -hmm. right um I guess I was what are right. you talking about or or, or even game, start you want to be a hero. So, but like I was saying, like you start out the game as, as a farmer and you have all these wild ideas of, of what heroes do. And then you come down to it where now your alignment is going to start changing because mm -hmm. maybe, you know, now you're going to be money driven or, you know, oh, I need money to buy weapons, to buy armor, to protect myself, to keep doing the right thing. So now, you know, to me, that makes it a lot more organic yeah. where you can actually develop that character. That's that's a that is a brilliant idea. I applaud him. And you know what? There is something that's built into it. And what when Matt was using Greyhawk Adventures, at the very back of that book, there is zero-level characters and how you can develop them and see what path they're going to go down as far as not only a class, but I think you could tie alignment into that too. So there's maybe a mechanic for that. Yeah. And yeah. also, oh, yeah. just think about how many times have you made a character and you had a concept for the character and their personality, but as you actually play them that concept shifts and mm. the motivation shift and giving you that first three levels to let that transition shift happen without having like in-game penalties, I think actually can makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. Hmm. Yeah. I, I've always idea. thought that that alignment should be given by the DM or the other players that you do whatever you want to do, whatever you think you're supposed to be doing. And then everybody's going to say, by the way, the way you're doing that is totally chaotic evil. And mm. rather than I think what I am, you 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 are what you do, not what you say. Mm. Yep. 
he basically in his email says that he assigns the alignment based upon how they're how he keeps like a tracker like we went over a long time ago the one we had in the Dragonlance book I believe has one yeah yep. he, he uses something similar to that I'm sure doesn't yeah hackmaster fourth edition had that too there's an alignment tracker I think they actually lifted that from the Dragonlance stuff I'm sure they probably did all right, and thank you, Sam. Our yeah. last email comes from Angelic Doctor, who is saying he was referencing the last show, the roundtable show that I did with uh, Eric Tankar and um, Tim Brennan, about um, people charging for their games. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> he doesn't begrudge yeah. anyone for trying yeah, to... Yeah, I, I listen to that. And... Okay, thanks, Nick. Great input. I'll get it next time. Get it next time, Nick. Okay. Uh, he said he doesn't begrudge anyone for trying to capitalize or make an input in their game and, and uh, make any profit on their games. In fact, he admires those brave souls that it, you know, because the books charge upwards of $60 these days, so whatever. Uh, on the other hand, he said if you only spent $6 for four hours of learning and playing a new game discover you do not care for it then you've only lost six dollars which is equivalent to a new york dinner no it is not yeah. <laughs> it is what far corner, from six what corner card are you eating that kid that's that six dollars can get you maybe one of them dirty dogs <laughs> that, yeah. so <laughs> wow um yes what do you so, well to? let me ask so jeff let me ask you a question so somebody at a local gaming store by you Right. Decides he is going to run battleships. Okay. Battle stations. Battle stations. I apologize. No worries. Uh, so he's going to run battle stations, and he is going to charge as a you know to run this game. What is your now? I, I'm using. I used your thing just so you have a connection to it. What What would you think of that? If he said, uh, you know, hey, I want to I want to run, but I'm going to charge people, so I, so I can run the game. If that's what he wants to do and people want to pay to play in it, then then that's fine. That's fine by me. I mean, I, I because I have such a vested interest in it, I run it and I go to conventions and I run it wherever I can for as free as I can. Uh, you know, I don't charge people a, a, an admission to play in my games, but people pay hundreds or thousands of dollars to get to conventions and, you know, pay for uh, tickets at the conventions. Right. So in that sense, it's it's not free. Uh, and of course, every time somebody plays Battle Stations, it sort of makes its way back to me in the form of my game getting getting bigger and more profit. So uh, th there's no such thing as a, as a free game to me because every time somebody plays, I'm I'm benefiting. Well, what about if said uh, referee of a game is the only one in the area playing your game, and then there's a couple people that are really interested in playing it, but he's just like, sorry, you have to pay my fee of $6 to learn how to play this game or enjoy this game. You well, I would have to pay $6 to that guy if I wanted him to walk my dog, uh, but if I want to walk my own dog or learn how to walk dogs from somebody else, I could do that otherwise. I mean, if, I'm, if my game is so complicated that you need some uh, licensed guru to teach it, then I've done something wrong. Well, okay, that's – okay. The, the, the trail end is exactly what my point was of um, some of these guys. Like I, I obviously am against DMs charging for their time in certain cases, okay? If I, if I say to you, hey, I'm running, uh, I'm running Pennsylvania Con. Jeff, I want you to come out. I'm going to fly you out to show me 
Battle Stations 2. Right. And I want you to run this whole group of people. That's fine. I'm, I'm paying you for your time to come out here, pay for your flight. I, you know, that's what I'm getting you out here to do. Yeah. That's great. That was just an example, right? You're not actually inviting me because I'm ready to jump on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just an example, man. I don't have a con yet. Oh, okay. I'm gonna, I eventually would like to have a con at some point in Pennsylvania. but um, There's multiple. Vince, stick with me. Okay, So. Sorry. When you know to do that, that's that's different. Okay, you're you're trying to promote the game. We're trying to get people involved in it. Terrific. You made the friggin' game. You're you know, you're Jeff, and you're you're the guy who made the game. So it means something that you're there. Yeah. Right. And when uh, if if a, if a little nuance comes up and you go, well, here's the thing, guys. I find I run the the game runs better this way, and everybody goes, ooh, wow, man, that's cool. Oh, great. Now it's that's not in the rule book, but now we know because the guy who made the game told us. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, Joe Schmuck gets up and is like, well, I'm gonna run at the local game store. I just got Battle Stations too, so I'm gonna run that game. You guys, my time is valuable. So from six to nine, you guys are gonna pay six dollars a pop to come sit with me and play Battle Stations. Yeah, Joe Schmuckatelli. I was just thinking that. Right, and I have no vested interest in playing with Joe Schmuckatelli, only for the simple reason, what am I going to give him the money for? Why can't we just all sit down and play? Exactly. You were going to be at that game store anyway, you hump. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, to me, that's just that's just somebody who's a little too cocky. Now, yeah. if you're going to run a game and you say, well, I wrote a game, I wrote a campaign, guys. For the last four years of my life, I wrote a campaign, and I'm going to run it, and I only want certain people to be in it. Okay, fair enough. Then that's your private group. Yeah. If you sit down and say, well, guys, my game's not published. I wrote this game for the past four years of my life. I want to run you guys in it. Six dollars. Hand it over. <laughs> no. No. Absolutely no. not. Like, if you want to share that, great. That's really cool of you that you took your time and energy, and I'm with you on it. But then if you want to get it published, I'm with you on that too, man. Go get that crap published. Good for you, brother. You did that. You, you wrote your game and you got it going. Good for you, man. You know, I high-five that guy and tell him, you know, you know who you should talk to? You should talk to Jeff at uh, Gorilla Games because he's uh, <laughs> he, he also publishes games. He's, he's so been down that road. You should talk to him. Yeah. Right, exactly. But to turn around and tell me I got to pay you for your time because you're that amazing of a DM, I got something you could suck on. That's all I'm going to say. I didn't say it. I just said you could. Well, see, I I, I have to disagree with you. I think that if somebody wants to charge money to do something that is free otherwise and it's perfectly legal and everybody's consenting, then they're welcome to charge money. I'm not likely to pay $6 to to be in somebody's game. but if if they want to do that, and if that's a model that works for them, it works for their players, then then go ahead and do it. I mean, it, if you could get, uh, I had when I was at Dundracon in the '80s, there was uh, Dave Hargrave was there running uh, of uh, the Arduin Grimoire, and he was running a game, and I couldn't get into the game. And I know that if today, if I had the chance to pay $6 to play in his game, I'd pay $600 to play in his game because he was an amazing influence at, at that time on, on role-playing. That's also a convention, though, so yeah, it's, it's, it's expected also, exactly. to be. Exactly, and he is somebody of note. You know, if, if somebody would say to me, you could play in a Gary Gygax game in the 80s. Yeah, okay, right. different. that's a different story, man. Yeah. That would be, oh, my God. You know? Okay. Okay. You're right. That, that's that's a bad argument. My, how about this instead? If there is just somebody who is a nobody, 
yep. who happens to be a really great DM. And this guy uh, spends all day uh, picking up cans by the side of the road to make his rent. Yep. And you were to be, and he were to say, you know what? I'd love to run for you, but I just can't pay my rent. And uh, but now, if you can get ten guys together and they pay six bucks each, that's going to yeah. get me more money than I would get for the cans, and Again. I would be happy. I Again, would probably I'm tell with that you on this. I would probably tell that guy, well, maybe you should be focusing on getting a job instead of writing D and D. Oh, hang on, not I'm Sorry. not even my my problem is most of the people who are charging for the games have full time jobs are trumped up a holes. Sal's passion today because well no only because no, you know what I, I know because where it, Sal's coming from on this just I've for the seen simple reason too. the guys who are amazing DMs. They don't. They're not going to be like I'm an amazing DM. They don't care about that. They're not into exactly. that. That's not their thing. Right. They don't have the attitudes. The attitudes coming from these jagoffs who are like, oh, well, I'm going to charge you for to, the privilege to sit with me and ready for this. And I may sound silly saying this, but if they were to turn around and say, we're going to have a weekly game. I'm charging six. I'm charging everyone at the table six dollars for pizza. We'll order pizza. Okay. And if and if you told me that, I'd go. You okay. know what? That I'm, I'll contribute to that. Okay, because everybody's going to sit down and everybody's going to have pizza at the table or whatever else. Fine. But if this guy were to turn around and just go, the six dollars is strictly for me for my time because I'm a valuable DM. You're talking about guys, and I've heard this. That's, this has I've happened heard it in too. the past I'm few not years. Making, I'm they're not making actually, a joke. yeah, they're actually billing themselves as professional DMs or yeah. professional yeah. game masters. Uh, I'm like, now, what? Uh, That's and then they they yeah. actually used they actually used the example of. Well, there are guys who are self-taught on a computer. They teach themselves Linux and all these. And I said, uh, uh, yeah. They have a degree, and they paid no. money to go to college, or they go, they paid money for a course. They have a degree they can hold up and show me. Where's your degree, dummy? Right, there yeah. is no degree. It's a game. Yeah, just to give an example of a game that was run at a local store here, a while back, Tim Cask was running OD&D games Different. at a local game store. You know how much he charged to play? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, exactly. Nothing at all. You couldn't tell me he couldn't charge like five bucks a seat to play with him. That's Easily. Easily, yeah. yeah, but he didn't because he was just doing it because he wants, for the love of the game, he wants to play the games. And, I'm and not, he's right, but I'm not going to be a hippie and be like, oh, love of the game, because I know that's not everybody's shtick. But yeah. at the same point, you know, at the same point of that, the only people I'm hearing complaining that we're not I'm not getting paid enough as a DM are the jagoffs with the bad attitudes. Right. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah. So, uh, how about we liken this to uh, pickup basketball? If if you wanted to go down with your buddies and play some pickup basketball, that's fine. And if there's somebody who said, "Hey, if you pay me, each of you guys pay me six dollars, I'll play right. with you," yep. then you would say to that guy, "Oh, okay, thanks anyway." No. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think it comes down to the point of yeah, like you said earlier, as long as it's legal and everybody agrees on it and they're willing to pay, cool. But then don't be at the same point on the other side of that. Don't be surprised when somebody's like, you're a friggin' tool. You're out of your mind. Yeah. You know what? It's funny you, when we're talking about this, there was – how many of you guys you know, read, read Knights of the Dinner Table? And love followed? it. I absolutely yeah, love that. Yeah. You probably know where I'm going with this. There's yeah. character Bob Herzog <laughs> yeah. where Bob tried to bill himself as a professional player. <laughs> he tried to make himself like – you know, he would put out there in Muncie, Indiana, he was putting ads – and like, I'm a professional player. You hire me and all this stuff, and I'll be in your game. I'm like, that would be, yeah, 
I'm like, but, the Bob Herzogs of the world are trying to do this, you know? And it's the ridiculousness of it is why it's so funny, because you're like, as funny as that is, you realize that is only a comic because it's that ridiculous. Yeah. And now these guys are, there are guys legitimately trying to make this happen where, and they're all very vocal about how great they are. And it, the immediate flag of, it's the same thing, like a martial artist, the first guy who says, oh, dude, I can totally kick your ass because I'm no, I'm no Taekwondo. Terrific. Yeah. You're right. the first guy I'm going to punch in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you don't. The good guys don't have to tell everybody how good they are. Their yeah. reputation kicks out, and it's everybody knows. I don't know. I would personally, if I saw those ads at a gaming store, purposely make a game up during the same time and say, "New players welcome, free, free, free." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just when you when when Sal was talking about, it, I heard this is a lot of the stuff that's going around out there in the uh, out there on the internet. Some yeah, of these, yeah, there's people. tons of these jerks with these websites. Oh, I could teach you to be a great dungeon master. You have to pay me twenty five dollars a month, and I'll give you lessons. Twenty five dollars a month? Not that's just nothing. a random price. I, I don't know what. Yeah, the, I've oh. seen would, many of these websites. And I'm not talking about selling a book. A book is a different yeah. story. I was like, yeah. remember back in the day when they just charged you 25 bucks for their book? Yeah. Uh. If you want to sell a dummy's guide, how to do this book, how to do that book, fine. It's understandable. Mm -hmm. That's part of being an, an author and a writer. Yeah. You put work into it. Right. But mm -hmm. some jagoff that's doing, oh, I have my classes and I'm going to be a dungeon master. And I'm going to show you and take advantage of these new kids to the hobby or even people who've never picked up the hobby and they're in their late 40s, 50s. Oh, I'm going to go with this guy because he's got five-star rating from five morons that paid him. Right. Sorry, no. Take down the website. <laughs> Anonymous so, yeah, style. And, uh, I was so sad I missed that roundtable discussion. I was really... Yeah, I remember yeah. listening to that show. Oh. I'm like, wow, that was good. Well, Sal, next time you'll learn to put shelves up better. Oh, my God. Don't even start with me on it. I swear to God. All right. So that's going to conclude the show this week. Uh, if you want to write wait, wait. us. Who was the guy who wrote that email? Angelic Doctor. Uh, now, I've seen, I've seen him before. He's, he's a really good guy. He has a lot of good emails. Yes. Uh, but uh, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. That was an official Sal decree. It wasn't royal, though, because he's not royal. And, and no call from HR. Oh. Well, what did you do anything wrong? So be quiet. I know. I'm just saying. Just because you're going to HR. Uh, yeah, don't anyway. bring us down with you. The pain. Yeah. So RFI staff at gmail.com, 570-865-4210, the hotline. Roll for initiative uh, can be found on Facebook, uh, G+. We do have a Twitter. It's mostly for just show announcements. You could follow myself, uh, the evil DM, uh, on Twitter. And, uh, Jeff, did you have a, a Kickstarter you wanted to plug before the end of the show? As a matter of fact, Battle Station 2nd Edition is up on Kickstarter right now cool. at tinyurl.com slash heroicadventure. And it's the game about flying a starship in space. It's a, a cooperative a role-playing slash board game hybrid, and it's pretty awesome. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's because my marketing guy is worse than your HR guy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> HR's going to be it. mad at that one now. There's no beam <laughs> on that one. We're getting out of here. We're going to say keep it original, keep it old school, and good night, everybody. Good night, good everybody. Night. Bye, everybody. The Roll for Initiative podcast is a production of Wild Games Productions in association with d20radio.com. You can visit us at rfipodcast.com or contact us on our forums at osrgaming.org or even by calling us at 570-865-4210. 
This podcast is produced for entertainment purposes only. All other uses are prohibited. And remember, if your magic missile spell doesn't automatically hit, you're playing the wrong edition. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Roll for Initiative. Thank you.